WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. My name is Dave Harinkiu, and I will be your host as usual for the next hour. As always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. Megan, how you doing on this incredibly hot Monday? I mean, I, uh, other than that, pretty well. I'm trying to ignore that. As you know, I work outside at a golf course, so these past two days I've been outside. Yeah. And sitting down, I've been sticking to my seats, and just all that's it's kind of gross, and... Other than that, though, I'm doing very well. Very well. That's good. Do you have air conditioning in your house? Uh, not here. Not here. So I it's, back a, at home, it's an I oven. Do. Oh, gosh. I came back today, and I was dying. See, that's the only thing that's killing me. When I was outside, when we were walking here you know, before the show, I mean, it was actually, we got rained on. It was stormed on us, but uh, it was cooling. But no, my place, hot as ever. Uh, only one fan in there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> got to do something else. Like, it's supposed to be hot the rest of this week. Um, I hope everyone, you know, take care of yourself. Make sure you drink some water. Seriously, it's hotter than you think out there the rest of this week. We also have someone else on the show. James Akers back with us in the studio. How you doing, James? I'm pretty good. No, great to have you back on the show. Um, again, no, it's a nice day. It's hot as heck, but it's a nice day. So uh, let's enjoy it. And uh, we have a lot of sports to get to on today's show. A lot went on this weekend. Uh, we have some Women's World Cup action to talk about. Detroit Tigers, as always, talk a little bit about the home run, home, home run derby and the All-Star game. That took place last week, but still, this is a week later, so we got to discuss it a little bit. Talk a little Pistons here with you. The British Open, golf. Uh, we got NASCAR. We got it all. So uh, definitely stay tuned here the next hour. And we are going to start the show with uh, Women's World Cup Soccer. Uh, something we talked about last week, uh, they just beat Brazil in the quarterfinals. Uh, very exciting match. Uh, you know, they tie it up in the 122nd minute to send it to penalty kicks. The U.S. steals this win from Brazil. They go on to play France in the semifinals. Uh, and they beat a French team 3-1 uh, to one that really had outplayed them most of the entire game. Uh, the French team did a great job of uh, really maintaining ball control. Uh, but the U.S. took advantage of some uh, nice opportunities opportunities and I think they stole that game from France so uh, that sets up the uh, the big match of Japan versus the US uh, Japan a country obviously uh, still reeling from the horrible tsunami that took place over there and uh, you know America trying to you know win the first World Cup since 1999 when uh, you know Brandy Chastain hit the game-winning penalty kick so it set up a nice match this game was on at I think a pretty good time not a ton going on other than the British Open really on um, Saturday uh, on Sunday at that time um, I actually did tune into most of it i watched i don't know i watched the tigers game first and then tuned in to the rest of the soccer game but this is a game that was 0-0 going into the 67th minute and uh the u.s took a one goal lead uh you know very nice uh, very nice goal after that japan comes back ties it right back up again the u.s gets another lead and japan in extra time around the 114th minute mark in the extra 15 minutes that they were playing after the first 15 japan ties it up two to two and we go to penalty kicks and uh, these penalty kicks, James. Um, I know you caught. I know you caught this. Um, what are you thinking when you know the Japanese goalie makes that first save, and you're thinking, "Uh oh." I thought I mean, it was trouble. You, you think right like they, they get trouble. that first save, and you're thinking, "Wait, you know what's going to happen here?" Yeah, I, I thought at first, you know, okay, we can come back from this. But at the same time, you got to think that our goalie also had an injury just earlier, just a little bit earlier before the uh, penalty kicks to her knee, and uh, I thought. Like, almost immediately, we were in a little bit of trouble there. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it was good, you know, in penalty kicks. I, I think it's a great momentum thing um, to get that first one. It's tough. That's why I say, I mean, with penalty kicks in soccer, I feel like it's quite easy. Um, I know it's not. Don't get me wrong. I haven't played a lot of soccer. But it's a big net, and <laughs> there's a lot of area. So, uh, to, you know, really get an early save there, I think, really gave the Japanese some momentum with that. And, uh, you know, another great save uh, by the Japanese goalie next time. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you saw that kick that went way over the crossbar. I mean, she booted that thing completely over it. Um, you know, they end up losing 3-1 to one in penalty kicks. Japan takes down the Women's World Cup, first Asian country to ever do it. Uh, congratulations to Japan for that. Uh, something that I think not many Americans thought was going to happen at all. I think the Americans were riding this soccer train, really thinking the U.S. was going to storm through Japan, a team that, you know, had never beaten us in the last 25 meetings. 
Um, absolute dominance by the U.S. over the Japanese team. And to see Japan really play with such resiliency, uh, they kept fighting back in this game. Again, two leads for the U.S. that they squandered away. And my question to you, Megan, is did the U.S. choke this game away or did the Japanese will themselves, at, you know, brought themselves together and won this? I mean, I, I didn't really see anything. I saw, I saw a little bit of highlights, but this was yeah. a couple games back. Um, it it could have been either way. I had to go down to penalty kicks like that. Um, I, you know, I don't think they willed it away. I, maybe the J- the Japanese, you know, came back and um, they wanted it more. Uh huh. And sometimes things just don't pan out that way. And uh, especially with soccer coming down to penalty shots and uh, kicks and everything, it's just so nail biting and it's so much pressure for a team because it's like one on one. It's the goalie it and the kicker, and you know. It, I, I say congratulations to both teams because who thought the U.S. was going to okay, make this? Okay, so you don't think necessarily the U.S. choked it away or the no. Jap? No, it was more of just uh, maybe the best team won. Yeah, that's what I think. Okay, James, your opinion on that? Um, I'm not going to go as far as saying the best team won, but I do think that they played a better game, that they wanted it more. I mean, that's kind of obvious at this point. They uh-huh. did win it. Um, every time that we were up, they there's no way that they hung their head. They got right back into it and uh, did whatever they could to win. And they won that way. I mean, uh, I'm proud for the country um, because, you know, what they've gone through this past year has been rough. Yeah. And I think that also added to it. You know, it gave them a little more to fight for. Um, But I I don't think we blew it necessarily. Like I said, the injury was big. Yeah, but, I mean, that injury... If you, if you see the the second goal that ties it up, it's it's a defensive mistake. She kicks the ball and it hits off her own player. You know the UF. I don't know the names of the players. Bounce right off her and then just right in front um, of the Japanese player, just easily booted in the net. Um, you know I think that was a big giveaway um, at that point. You know in the hundred and I mean no that was that was in like the hundred and second minute. So I mean you can't do that. Uh, I think you got to be a little bit better at that in the World Cup. I think the U.S. got a little lax. They get up one nothing. Yeah, the Japanese come back in time. But then it's 2-1. to one. You know, you just got to ride this out. Not too much longer. And they just couldn't hold on for that. I give, you know, I got a lot of credit to the uh, women, uh, the USA team. They really played their hearts out. Sorry you fell short. Um, you know, that really does stink. But the bigger question, again, what we talked about last week. Is this something, the big hoopla when they beat Brazil, and everyone's just, ESPN's got coverage 24-7 practically on it, it feels like. Everyone's going soccer stir-crazy because they're getting close to, you know, they made it to the semis now. Are we going to remember this, James? Is this going to be something that you in 15 years when you're older, you're going to look back and be like, yeah, you know what, I remember that uh, 2011 uh, Women's World Cup final. Uh, I think... Yeah, I'll remember it. Um, do I think it's will it hold be, significance to you? I, it will hold some, but I think that if we can uh, turn around and, and win in the Olympics, it will hold a lot less. Okay, I mean, Megan, do you think that? I, I know you don't really care about this, and I know I don't care about it as much either. I really don't. But as a general, as a public, do you think we'll care? Honestly, no. I think the one thing that'll stick in people's minds, especially guys, which I've, I've found lately, is Hope Solo. Uh-huh. I, every guy has just, I don't know what it is. He's laughing over there. But every every guy just loves her, and I don't know what it is about her. But No, she's great. And, no, Morgan's but, better. Or what, but about the, where the team and how far the team went itself? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Nothing, I mean, they lost. Nothing, you don't remember the second place team. Exactly. And nothing against women's sports. Had we won even, I don't think this would, like, people might bring it up every once in a while. People are like, oh, Oh, yeah, I remember that, and then it'll go away after a couple yeah. minutes, like that kind of thing. It wouldn't have been, or will it be? It won't be anything, you know. I think significant, maybe to certain people, yes. big soccer fans, you know, the team, the coaches, all that kind of stuff. It's gonna be big to them, but to like you and me, and maybe you, like ten years from now, I don't think we're gonna be talking about this. Uh, neither do I. I mean, I think yeah, like James said, you're right. We'll remember it. To a degree, I mean, uh, like, I remember Brandy Chastain kicking that penalty kick in 1999, but they won it as well, and I think, you know, again, we get a little too crazy. It was the quarterfinals that they won. It wasn't very dramatic style, but for historical significance, I don't believe it holds much water uh, in that sense of it. So, I mean, again, congratulations to the Japanese players. I mean, it is great to see, you know, a country. I know that's what everyone's been talking about, but it really is true to see someone, a country that's gone through such turmoil, to get 
get something like this because we in this country might not care about soccer, but the rest of the world loves this sport, okay? We really don't care for it too much in this country, but people love it around the world. So uh, congratulations to them. Uh, but people seem to have, you know, they wanted to tune in. Uh, the Women's uh, World Cup Final has earned the highest television rating for any soccer game on the ESPN network. Um, they combined for a draw of 7.4, um, which compared to the high of 4.0 for last year's U.S. versus Algeria Men's World Cup match. So the women really blew it out of the water here. Um, almost 13.5 million viewers. Um, it's the sixth most watched soccer event um, ever in the United States. Record still being held by the 1999 Women's World Cup Final, which had an 11.4 rating. So people wanted to tune in. Uh, you know, people were ready to sit down at 2.45 in the afternoon and enjoy it. Uh, did you watch the entire thing, or were you just kind of flipping, James? I watched the entire thing. Uh, I flipped a little bit to the Tigers. Um, when Tigers got a little out of control there in the beginning, I, I paid more attention to the soccer game. Just see, I went a little bit to the soccer. I'm at tuning at the perfect time. I tell you, 0-0, 67th minute, and they scored like two minutes later. Tigers game's all over. And uh, that's actually what we're going to get to right now. You guys can still call and uh, you know, tell me about what you thought about the Women's World Cup. You know, did they choke it away? Uh, do you think it was just a good matchup uh, between two, uh, two good teams? Uh, let me know. Phone number is 517-432-3893 is the number. Call and all show. Uh, but we are going to move on to a sport that I love, and that's baseball. And uh, the Detroit Tigers, uh, you know, we had the all-star break last week. We had the home run derby. And uh, you know what? I guess we'll, let's start with the home run derby since that was last Monday. And uh, the home run derby, uh, it was a really long home run derby, uh, three and a half hours practically, uh, basically a baseball game's uh, worth of time for this home run derby. But uh, Robinson Cano and Adrian Gonzalez faced off here in the final round of the home run derby. And uh, it was something else. Uh, these guys were booting them out of the park. Um, it was very exciting. Robinson Cano won. 12 to 11 in the final round against Adrian Gonzalez. So uh, good job to Cano. Cano's dad was the guy pitching to him. He was the BP uh, pitcher, and uh, that's great to see. Uh, you know, Cano. Uh, I've always liked him, even though he's on the Yankees. I've, I've always liked Robson Cano. Um, they each uh, hit uh, 20 home runs in the first two rounds. So uh, they really did a great job. Um, James, I know you saw this. Uh, what did you think of the home run derby? Uh, just the way it went down, and I think we saw some action this year. Yeah, I thought it was really exciting. Um, I th one thing that I really liked is that uh, a lot of the big name players that were supposed to be there were not there. Um, I, I'm always I'm always for that. Um, it allows <laughs> for a lot of excitement. It went down to the end, which was real cool too. And I really liked that they did the the stitching of the baseballs, the gold balls. I thought yeah, that they got was the gold really balls. Cool. Yeah, yeah, they like Extra money for, for like one hundred and forty six dollars, something like that, one fifty. Yeah. No, I mean, it was good. Uh, Megan, did you catch the uh, home run derby this I year? I actually didn't. I missed it, but I remember saying I, I thought David Ortiz would win it. and he I up... Listen, your is better than mine. Cause I was thinking, <laughs> Matt, Matt Kemp, I picked Matt Kemp. I don't oh, know why. As the... I don't know why I picked Matt Kemp. <laughs> I was going to ask you who you who you um, picked. So, But yeah, I, as from what it sounds like, from what you guys have been telling me, as and I'm looking at numbers yeah. right now, it seemed like a pretty exciting thing to watch. And I would have loved to watch it. I'm kind of upset I missed it now. but um, It was I, good because you can walk away, you can come back. Right, you know, It was so long and it's just, you know. That's what's cool about the Home Run Derby is there's a couple a couple rounds. So it's like, oh, you can leave. Yeah, I mean, I think and... it was a little longer than it needed to be maybe, mm -hmm. but it, it still was exciting. It still was good. It was a really good battle. I mean, these guys were really blasting out of the park. Mm -hmm. And uh, who doesn't like the long ball? But uh, we got a uh, uh, caller, so uh, let's go to the phone lines. Hey, how's it going? You're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Hey, uh, this is Ray. Hey, what's going on, Ray? I can't talk to you about baseball, but I did watch the uh, the soccer slash football game uh, yesterday. Okay, though, yeah, the Women's World Cup. What'd you think of it? Um, well, it was you know the last time I really watched women's soccer was, you know, the Mia Hammer, and I don't really remember much about it. Yes. But um, I want to talk about two things. Number one, I didn't see any of the uh, female players complaining or, you know, rolling around the ground. No, they weren't. They took it well. At all. And, you know, maybe, you know, they weren't playing that aggressive, but there were, you know, a few obvious injuries in there, and they were up in – you know, five seconds. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, I mean, what else did you want to talk about, Ray? Um, also, uh, more importantly, I think that the United States really did have, you know, a better game plan. Like, you know, they had these one-time headers chances that were, like, you know, three feet away from the post. You know, they could have gone right in, you know, you know, the header 
um, contacted, you know, whatever. They did it, maybe. No, um, I definitely agree. I think they did have an aggressive uh, attack, and that was really good. Um, you know, you definitely need that against you know a team like Japan. But you right. know, overall, you know, they fell short. And real quick, I mean, because we got to got to keep moving on. But is this going to be something that you remember for a while? Is this going to mean anything to you this uh, this Women's World Cup final? Well, there are a few things to remember about it. Number one, you know, even though you know, I was going for the U.S. game, I remember fact that Japan, even though ESPN was like harping on this constantly, and I got tired of it, was like, you know, it came after the, uh, you know, it came after the, you know, the tsunami, earthquake, nuclear meltdown thing, you know. Well, of course they're going to talk about that, right? Something for them to, you know, take to heart. Also, I'll remember it as being, maybe more importantly, a great game. Okay, well, I I really do appreciate the call, Ray, and uh, thanks a lot, all right? You have a good night. Yep. All right, bye. I'll remember the hoopla over the Brazil game. That's what I'll remember, <laughs> basically. But, um, no, back to the All-Star game real fast. Uh, again, yeah, the home run derby was real good. It was exciting. Um, you know, just uh, these guys, I mean, they just kept going and going and going. Um, great battle there. Again, I picked Matt Kemp. I tell you, this guy had two. He go, I, I sit down, he gets two home runs. It was a pathetic pick. Never pick the National League when you pick the home run dirty. That's the new rule. I stick to the American League regardless of what's going on. But uh, with the All-Star game, the All-Star game took place on Tuesday in Phoenix. And, uh, you know, battle of the American League and the National League for home field advantage in the World Series. So it definitely means something. It's not just a game of, like, street ball, like uh, the NBA All-Star game is, or hockey, which is, like, 12 to 14 uh, goals. This is actually a game. It's a game dominated by pitchers mainly because these pitchers are only out there for one inning or so, maybe two max. So you have the best of the best pitching. So you usually don't have too much offense when it comes to an all-star game uh, but the national league did win this game five to one uh really on the back of prince fielder with a nice three-run shot um adrian gonzalez did start it off for the american league with a uh, solo shot but it just wasn't enough prince got the two three-run knock sent them going and just the pitching locked down the american league they could not get anything else going could not get many base runners and one of the more interesting things I want to talk about real fast regarding that is the All-Star Games ratings were the lowest ever. Uh, this was the lowest ratings ever for the All-Star Game. 6.9. It was down 8% from last year, which was 7.5 rating. It declined 9%. Only 11 million viewers tuned in to this All-Star Game. My question to you, Megan, why is it that the Summer Classic that was so revered and so anticipated, you know, people love this game now you just see it falling off and falling off, and people not really caring that much. People, more people watch the home run derby pretty much than the watching the you know all star game. Why is that? Uh, you know, it's it's hard to tell. It could have been because a lot of the players were dropping out. Um, uh-huh. Like maybe some favorites, some fan favorites were dropping. I think out. it's a great yes. And um, people are just they're just like I, I don't care. This guy's not going to be in anymore. Who cares who wins? And you know, it's another one of those things where. It's it's baseball. I love baseball to death. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of people find it really boring. Yeah, now well, like amongst <laughs> your friends that like baseball that you know really care about the game, are they into the All Star Game or are they kind of like, eh, you know, it's not that big. I don't really care if I miss it too much. I'm, I had a couple friends that were like having people over and watching the game, and then other people were just like, meh, yeah, I'll whatever. find something else on TV, you know. And it's just if they're into it or if they're not, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Because like I said, it could have been players, but on the other hand, it could have been people. It's just. They might might think of it as watching another All Star game where it's just like one team against the other, the best against the best, that yeah. kind of thing. So, it's it's really a person's kind of mindset on how they think, and I think that dropping out players could have been a big contributing factor to people watching. Yeah, players just not want to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, definitely guys like Derek Jeter's not there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you have guys that just can't play at all as well. Guys like Verlander, whoever that just you know they're not allowed to play on one day rest. James, what do you take from this being just? I mean, the ratings were bad last year, but they weren't this bad, and I mean now they're down again. The only things that they have their ratings beat, they were higher than the Kentucky Derby. Kentucky Derby was at 6.7, NCAA tournament at 6.4, and the final round of the U.S. Open at 4.5 for Fox. So basically, that's all they have topped this year in ratings in a sporting event. What do you take from that? Well, a few What's things. going on? One thing I agree with Megan that uh, I believe it's big thing is definitely people not showing up that are supposed to be there for whatever it may be injuries. Don't want to play. Who knows? Excuses. Um, another <laughs> reason, I think, is the fact that they're putting so much on this game. Uh, 
And I don't really like that. I, I, I think a lot of fans don't like that. But and that, I think that also might. So you think that dissuades in? people? Yeah. Like, so you think instead of it, like, it, you know, meeting for home field advantage for the World Series, that more people are turned off by that? Yeah, I do. Okay. Megan, do you think people are turned off by that? They could be. I, it is a big thing to put it on. I mean, you're just picking bits and pieces of teams. Like, you might not have a team, or you might not have people in there are playing, for, like, for the team that actually is going to be home field, you know? And he could be right, but on the other hand, I'm sure a lot of people like it. What's Like, can you think of a better way for them to choose home field advantage? Off the top of my head, I cannot mm-hmm. say I can, I can, but I just don't like this one. Okay. Well, well, I mean, home field would be who has the better record, I mean. You know what? You know that you know American League. It could be who they left. play though. That, they they might not be. play the same teams so. though. That could be. I mean, I I don't really have a huge problem with it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the the bigger issue with it is really. Um, I've talked with other people. Interleague play. I think having interleague play again two weeks prior to the All Star game. And then interleague ends, and then you go right to the all-star game. We've just seen all these teams. We've just seen all these players. And it just loses some zest, I think, yeah. and a little bit of that appeal when it's like before when it was the one and only time these teams saw each other. So, I mean... Just, I think that would make it a lot more interesting. I think you scrap interleague play. Yeah. And then maybe more people will, will be interested in this. Because seriously, it's two straight weeks, and then a week later, we're right into the all-star game. Right, like you're seeing the same people playing the same people. Exactly. I'm, I'm seeing the Rockies I, do this and that. Right. I agree with you. I think I think if they just did a interleague play, like people playing against each other, National American League, I think that would be a lot more interesting to get into the all-side break. I think people would be more excited about it. Yeah. Because it's like new people against new people. You're not going from them playing each other to them playing each other some more. And then, you know. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, here's something I also want to ask. Um, you know, I mean, uh, we watched enough of the all-star game and we were at Revere's doing it. Um, how do you think Joe Buck was? You know, Joe Buck got a lot of, a uh, lot of, you know, not crap, but like, you know, little, uh, little jabs at him because he's just a little boring, uh, just not the best. What do you think of Joe Buck as a commentator? As th- a broadcaster, what do you think of the man? Well, I, I think his voice is great, and I think that's what everybody expects to hear. Um, but do you think the knowledge, what he does for the game, is that good or bad? Or do you just think he's got a good voice, so if he's got a I good voice, he, I think whatever. it's good for it. But I relate him to like a Madden. You know, Madden's not quite what he was. Well, Madden was like 80, Madden was yeah, losing his but mind. that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe <laughs> like, he just doesn't have it for <laughs> baseball anymore. It, well, may, nah, I mean, I think Joe Buck, I, I like when he co- covers other things, personally. Um, but he was just, yeah, he was just a little bland. But, <laughs> hey, listen, I, I think Joe Buck's decent enough. I think it's a little too hard of a time, uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> but um, let's see. Okay, yeah, but they also game. Yeah, I want to know what the listeners think, really. Um, 517-432-3893. Why is the All-Star Game losing so much ratings? Why are really no one tuning in? It was a Tuesday night. No baseball games were on. Nothing, nothing's going on on Tuesday night in the in middle of July. There's nothing. Maybe you can watch some, you know... UFC fight? I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> More action, maybe. ESPN the Ocho. <laughs> Wood shopping. Like, really? Some dodgeball. Dodgeball, yeah. I'd watch dodgeball. Have I'd watch dodgeball over the All-Star game. I, oh, I thought you said you have watched dodgeball. No. Like ESPN. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's my own personal exciting. ESPN. ESPN 8. Ocho. Yeah, the Ocho. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, I just, I, the All-Star game, it's, it just has lots of zest for me. With interleague play, I just, interleague play, I don't think it's fair. I think it's unfair for the AL uh, League, you know, that the fact that, you know, we, we have the DH and we get it taken away. <laughs> we have to have our pitchers bad. It's annoying to me. But uh, we are going to move on real fast. Uh, no more All-Star game. That was done and over with. So now, what, I think the last six years, teams are 5-1 and one that have the home field advantage in the All-Star game. So, that I mean, in the World Series, excuse me. So that's not a good stat. So if the Tigers make it there, hopefully they can break that trend. But uh, we are going to get to the Tigers, and then we're going to come back to the Tigers after break. Um, the Tigers right now, half game behind the Cleveland Indians. They're sitting at 50 and 45. Cleveland Indians 50 and 44. Chicago White Sox not too far behind the Indians as well, four and a half games back. Minnesota still creeping right around with uh, six and a half games back. And Kansas City, as usual, 12 and a half games back. Uh, doesn't change too much week to week. But uh, they did play series Friday through Sunday. They played the Chicago White Sox, um, a team obviously in our division that, you know, we have a lot of games left against, uh, need to play well. Um, the Tigers had a really rough outing on Friday. Friday playing the Chicago White Sox, like I was saying, at home, losing 8-2 with Mr. JV on the mound. Um, Justin gave up five earned runs. Uh, wasn't his best performance. Wasn't a, ter- wasn't a terrible performance by any means, uh, but just didn't get it done. Uh, James, you know, 8-2 to two loss. I know we talked about it. Justin, 
gives you his workhorse, twelve and four at this point. He's you know at before this game was doing great. Is is it a big deal to you, or do you just figure, hey, you know the guy's going to struggle here and there? It's not a big deal whatsoever to me. I'm not even the least bit worried. I mean, he can't win every game. Yeah, every big name pitcher is going to perform well for a, a period of time and then have their bad games. And I don't even think that it was necessarily a bad game. No, I think it was it was four in runs as well, wasn't it? Yeah, five? and he even said at the end that he was just hanging balls higher than he should have. And it, I mean, all it takes is for him to, to work on that little aspect of it and come right back out and get back to his same old winning ways. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried. Are you worried, are you worried about Verlander at all? I mean... Oh, you know, every... I mean, it's really a stupid question. I shouldn't be bringing it up. I mean, he loses one game, goes up four and runs. It's not a bad game. No, every every great athlete has their moments. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, they're going to have some bad days. Yeah, something happens. Yeah, and that's that's all I really have to say about that. He's a great, phenomenal pitcher. They've said probably, uh, they've even said the best of our time right now. And I just think he's going to have his moments. He's going to have his days. I mean, he had an all-star break didn't play during the All-Star game and then came back to play again. So he pretty much had a week off. Mm-hmm. And to come back, you're going to be a little, a little, not rusty, but you're going to be a little bit, you know, relaxed mode or whatever. And yeah. you're going to come back and you're going to have a, maybe a, a not as good game. Too and, much fun on that private jet. <laughs> exactly. And I think next game he should, he'll probably come out harder than he did this last one. No, I think next game will come out good. Uh, I definitely agree. Uh, Verlander, he did not have that bad of a game. I think James, you said it. Yeah, he was hanging balls. And, uh, you know, it happens... Uh, but looking at Saturday's game, because this was a game, I, I watched the whole thing. Um, Saturday was uh, Scherzer versus Edwin Jackson, a great matchup, ex-Tiger and Edwin Jackson, um, playing on the White Sox now. And, uh, you know, Scherzer pitched a really good game here on Saturday. I, I was really happy with how Scherzer pitched. Went eight innings, two earned runs, did give up eight hits, uh, 116 pitches. Um, I think he did a fantastic job. Uh, but Edwin Jackson uh, just really had a really good uh, game. Uh, the man went 101 pitches, complete game, uh, no earned runs. Um, fantastic job by Edwin Jackson. Uh, only 101 pitches. He really like he just really cut through our guy. So many quick innings, six pitch innings, seven pitch innings. Edwin Jackson was looking great. Um, first complete game since that 145 uh, no hitter that he did in complete game uh, last year with the Diamondbacks. So uh, that was a really tough game for the Tigers, losing five to nothing. Um, the bats just weren't there. Um, they were, but we couldn't score anyone. It was nine left on base, nine hits. Um, when you can't put up a run with nine hits, that's an issue. And uh, they just couldn't get it done. And that's all right, though, because Sunday, Brad Penny, our boy, who loves a day game, Brad Penny always loves a day game. And I think Brad Penny should pitch day games all the time. I don't know how this works out with the schedule it, so perfectly. Uh, but we get a win 4-3 to three in uh, what was really a nice comfort behind win. And in my opinion... A huge uh, mental win. This is a huge win for this team to get swept starting off a series with Chicago at home after the All-Star break. All that doubt starts creeping in immediately. You've lost three straight. Before you know it, you lose the next series. And, you know, things can fall apart fast uh, in baseball. It really doesn't take a lot. We've seen that happen year in, year out. Um, You know, the Tigers, a team that have not been, have not played over 500 baseball after the All-Star break since 2000. It's been a long time since this team played decent, played good enough after the All-Star break. So, you know, everyone starts getting worried when you're outscored 13-2 to in the first two games of this series. But the Tigers, after giving up three quick runs in the second inning, really put it up. Uh, put, they, get a, they get one run in the fourth, but really put the hurt on in the sixth with a nice three-run inning. Started off with Victor Martinez with a single. Then Peralta, then Guillen knocks in the winning single, not the winning single, but the go-ahead single to put us up four to three. Um, Penny really did as w- well as he could. Six and two-thirds innings, three runs, nine hits. Not that bad of an outing at all for Brad Penny. And I think just a huge win for this team to let them know, hey, you know, you can still win. They gutted out this win. It was a tough one. Uh, Carlos Guillen. A man that I'm so happy is back. Um, anyone who watched any of these games this uh, series, Carlos looked good. And um, I want to ask you, James, you saw him play a lot this series. What did you think of this guy? It's about time that we got a second baseman that that knows what he's doing out there. That's right. Can consistently bring quality outings to to the team, and, and that's exactly what he did. No, I mean, he, that's absolutely right. Uh, you know, he just he, he looked like he had good movement there at second base, made some nice grabs, um, you know, got some hits. You know, again, he had the, you know, uh, go-ahead RBI here in Sunday's game. Also had a hit in his first game back on Saturday. So uh, nice to see Guillen back. He hasn't played in a, over, a whole year pretty much. He hasn't played since last August. So I think to have that real full-time second baseman, 
really can be the catalyst that really propels this team to the playoffs? That was a big question mark. I think now you need to show her up. You need to probably find a left-handed pitcher, um, which would really be good because they don't know who they're going to use. Um, you know, later in uh, later in the week here, uh, not against the Twins, but coming up uh, with their fifth spot. They don't know. They might bring up Jacob, Jacob Turner. Um, there's a lot of options. Maybe Furbush is ready. But uh, here's a good sign. Uh, we are 40, we have, uh, 46 out of the last 70 games of the season will be against our division. And right now we're 19 and 10 against our division, which is something that, you know, the Tigers have struggled with in years past. So, I mean, I'm going to ask you, James, with such a heavy divisional schedule the rest of the way, is that a plus or a minus for the Tigers? I think it's a plus this year. I think with the way that we're built, uh, you know, we're really destined to come out of um, out of uh, the AL Central. Like, uh, I mean, really, the team that I'm worried about is the White Sox. Uh, the way that they uh, create a situation where we hit so many ground balls, uh-huh. uh, and we just couldn't come up with a win until that last game of the series. Um, but no, I, I I like seeing that we are playing so many people in the AL. No, definitely. I mean, I think I think it's a good thing as well. I mean, Megan, would you rather see a lot more of our division? I mean, you know, we have a lot of games here against them. I mean, yeah, forty six. I mean, that's ridiculous. You have twelve, you know, twelve more games against Cleveland, twelve more against Chicago, thirteen more against uh, Minnesota, and nine more against Kansas City. So, you know, a lot of games and really half of those series all at home. So, we really got to play about half of that away. So, I mean, does that? I mean, we played well against them. The only team that we have struggled with in the Central this year is going to be the Kansas City Royals, like usual. <laughs> always, uh, you know, this team, um, always struggling against them. And also Cleveland. Cleveland, we're 2-4 and four against Cleveland, so that's not the best. But uh, do you think this team is going to be able to bring it home, playing their division? They did struggle against the White Sox. You know? I, I think they can do it. I really do. Um, you know, they did struggle a little bit coming out of the All-Star break. I think that was expected. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's still got in their mind the team that came out last year after the All-Star break, the one that just was doing so well and just all of a sudden died. plummeted. And I think, just to, just to add on to that, is I think that win on Sunday was crucial. I yes. think it was big, 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 big. big crucial. Very crucial. And, excuse me, crucial. But I think it's going to be a three-man run between the White Sox, the Tigers, and Cleveland. Okay. I don't think the White Sox are going anywhere, especially how they came out against us. What against about the Twins? The Twins? I mean, Twins, six games back right now. Uh, yeah. You know, they're always this, you know, they always have some crazy September and August <laughs> where they, like, did string together 15, 18 wins. Uh, you know, do you see them... They're just hanging right there. They're not too yeah. far back. Like they were. Remember how back early that they were in the season. Yeah. And now they've kind of cut that in half. I can I can see them coming, but for right now, I can see the the three that I said just okay. going for it. You know, they might be that weird team just to creep up, and all of a sudden we're like, where the heck did they come from? Like uh-huh. I could see that, but I think for right now, I think the three big teams are going to be Cleveland, Detroit, and. Um, the White Sox, especially how we played the White Sox and how Cleveland's been doing. And we'll see, we'll see with the next series, especially with the Tigers. No, we will. And uh, we'll get to that after the break. Got to take a short break here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. But uh, when we get back, we're going to finish up a little baseball discussion here. We're actually going to pick division winners, uh, pick our playoffs, uh, you know, the second half of the season. So we're going to pick who we think is going to win each division in the wild card spot. Uh, just a little Pistons, little Red Wings for you. This is 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. You're listening to Impact Exposure. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Friday nights at 10 p.m., get ready for The Mechanical Pulse, where we're spinning on the house, trance, drum and bass, electro, ambient, and remixed music you need to get the weekend started. You'll hear live interviews and DJs spinning straight from the Impact Studios and the best new music on the scene. So tune in every Friday night at 10 p.m. for Mechanical Pulse. Only on 88.9 The Impact. Have you ever considered donating your blood? If not, perhaps you might reconsider. By the time this announcement is through, 15 new people will need blood. In fact, blood is needed by one in every 10 hospital patients, and there is almost always a shortage. There is no substitute for human blood. It cannot be manufactured. It can only come from those willing to donate. To learn more or make an appointment, visit redcrossblood.org. Reconsider blood donation. It's about life. Now back to Impact Exposure. 
Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Dave, Megan, and James here with you. Got about a half hour left, so uh, we're going to get to the rest of the show. A uh, lot to get to. It's crazy. You know, dog days are summer, and I think we're still finding enough stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking, I was talking earlier with James. There's so many sports not going on, but uh, baseball encompasses all. Um, we're going to stay on baseball. Uh, why not? Um, Tigers uh, talk about their upcoming schedule. Uh, Monday, uh, they have today off. Off day for them, so uh, get some rest there. Maybe Inge can get over Mono. No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't have Mono anymore. He doesn't have Mono anymore. Um, let's see. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, we have a series against Oakland uh, at home. A two-game series. Uh, Porcello is going to be going on Tuesday against Mascaso. So uh, we'll see how Porcello does there. Also, uh, Thursday through Sunday, we start off a series with the Minnesota Twins. So, uh, you know how we're talking right now, Minnesota, six games out. Well, we'll see what happens. We play four games against them at Minnesota. So I'm going to be very intrigued to see how Detroit comes out in a four-game series here um, at Minnesota. Always kind of been tough for us at Minnesota. So uh, hopefully they can get it done there. In the Minnesota series, uh, you're going to have Verlander, Scherzer, Penny, and Porcello. So Verlander will kick off the Thursday game here uh, against Minnesota. So uh, Verlander, you're probably starting it off good. What's going on over there, James? No, I'm just kidding, buddy. Got vibrations going through the studio. Oh. No, I'm, no, I'm just kidding. But no, with that game on Sunday, uh, Valverde also getting his 25th save. And uh, real fast, because uh, on that game on Saturday, if you saw Valverde comes in in the ninth and he just gives up three more, just stinks it up, <laughs> completely stinks it up. Um, and they had to bring in Albuquerque because you know Valverde was just playing so poorly. And uh, you know they show that stat: save opportunities, point six nine whatever ERA, non save opportunities, six point like eight one six points, just a, a very inflated. Crazy high ERA. Is this something we need to worry about in any way, James? I mean, he's 25 or 25 in save opportunities, but this guy comes in in a non-save opportunity, and he's awful. I don't think it is. I'd rather have Ryan Perry pitching sometimes in non-save opportunities. I, I don't really Valverde. think it's something to worry about simply because I think that he just is one of those guys that performs so much better when it's on the line. Okay. Um, when it's not, he feels a little more relaxed. I think that if he, in the second half, can just come with the same mentality each time, he can fix it. Okay, because I mean, we saw what he did last year. Again, it was the same. It was the same story last year. Is that he was great in save opportunities. I mean, he was great in general in the first half. Just really in general. I mean, he was amazing in the first half. But then you see what happens in the second half. You know, you start losing that confidence in non-state when you really like. You know, we were already losing two nothing, but to give up, not to even have a chance really at this point to come back in the ninth, giving up three runs there. Um, I, mean, I, I don't know, Megan. What do you think? I mean, Valverde, um, he always scares you. He's like he's like kind of like a Todd Jones um, in a lot of ways. Uh, do you think that if he starts having these kind of rough save non save opportunities, that it will eventually jump over and translate to save opportunities? Oh, Valverde! I think I've said this multiple times. Has always scared me as a pitcher. Um, I think he has the potential. To do well with save opportunities, he has in the past, as you he's said. He's done well, twenty five for twenty five. Yeah, it's yeah, and awesome. that's insane. And he's just great. Yeah, I, I, as much as he scares me, especially because he likes to make things makes things interesting. Yes. I don't know if you guys have noticed that he'll like load oh, the bases. He'll walk like two or three guys with straight. like one out, and I'm like, what are you doing? And then he strikes out like the next two batters. I'm like, really? Like we're we're like up by one or something. Thanks. Um. I, he does make things interesting. He's a great pitcher, and yeah, I think his his save opportunities and everything are just going to be phenomenal throughout the rest of the season. Well, I hope so. Uh, the one thing everyone look forward to Tigers how they play in the months of August and September. This team has always struggled in the summer months. That has been a big issue. Um, always playing below 500 baseball in these months. Not going to get it done. Um, again, we want to look at second half starts. Um, over the last five seasons, um, first half of the year, this team's 48 and 38 last year going into the All-Star break. 33 and 43 the second half. Not going to get it done. They were 38 and 38 in 09, so not as bad, but they played themselves into the playing game against Minnesota in 09, which was a, the best baseball game. I say this all the time, but it was the best baseball game I might have ever saw, but we still lost it. So this team, you know, 170 in 200 under Jim Leland after two, in, from 2006 to now after the All-Star break. 30 games below 500, not good enough. Uh, but we are going to move on to our division picks real fast. Starting in the American League, James. Yeah, Boston, Yankees, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Baltimore, AL East. Who you got in the East? I'm gonna go with Boston. They've they've come out strong 
Uh, well, actually, they came out a little slow at first, but they've... Yeah, uh, they started off 0-6, Yeah, they've really, they've really done great since. They just have so many utility players that can perform well along with just star athletes that perform well. I see them coming out of there. Okay, uh, Megan, who you got in the AL East? Boston, Yankees, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Baltimore. I agree. I, I have Boston. Um, I just don't think the Yankees have what they've had in the past this year uh, to surpass Boston. I think, like you said, Boston's been very strong. They've done very well over the past mm-hmm. few months, and I just think that the Yankees will come close, but I think Boston's going to pull it out in the end. I agree. I'm going with Boston as well. Um, I just think Boston's pitching is better. Um, I just... They're just a really good team with Adrian Gonzalez playing the way he is. Uh, you know, Josh Beckett, John Lester, obviously Papelbon. Um, they're playing very well. They have a game-and-a-half lead on the Yankees right now. Uh, they do play each other a lot. But the, Boston has a 10-game stretch here of sub-500 teams. Yankees have the same thing, but you're going to get that in baseball no matter what. Uh, the key to this whole division is going to be the nine games left between the Yankees and the Red Sox. And that's what will decide that. Looking at the Central, James, I think we all know the teams in the Central. Who you got? <laughs> to be honest, I'm not even sure who all is in the Central. Who, yeah, who is it? Who all is in the Central? Oh, Cleveland, Detroit, White Sox, Minnesota, and Kansas City. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go with Detroit. There you go with Detroit. All right, yeah, I don't know who the Central is. You're like, what? What's in the Central? 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 No, I'm going to go with the Tigers there. Central Michigan? For sure. University? Chippewas? I picked the Chippewas to win uh, the Central <laughs> Division here. I agree. Um, but you go with Tigers as well? Uh, yeah. I, I, You know, it's hard to be bi- not to be biased with this kind of thing, especially with a team that has done so well over the past couple of years. The only thing that really concerns me is last year with their post-All-Star break. Oh, yeah. Um, that's the only thing that con- concerns me about this team. It's it's interesting that, interesting that we have Cleveland up in the running this year, especially. And, you know, they could be a surprise and not – like a surprise this year, and they could take it, but I'm going to have to go with Detroit. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Detroit as well. Um, call me biased. I don't care. Um, yeah, I'm going with Detroit. I think they have a good shot. Why would I going to go Cleveland or Chicago? Uh, I think they, it's it's really going to be a close race. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give the tires uh, that benefit of the doubt. Uh, but we got a phone call. Let's go to the phone lines real fast. Hey, Blake, you're on the Spartan Sports Wrap. How are you doing tonight? Great, sir. How are you? Not too bad. So what are you calling to talk about, buddy? A little baseball? Oh, well, of course, baseball. First time, uh, first time caller, long time listener. All right, I wish I had a sound effect for you. But <laughs> all right, man. Well, my uh, my first question. Uh, I was listening today to the radio. heard a heard a rumor about getting two men from the Cubs, picking up Zambrano and uh, as well as Aramis Ramirez for the uh, third base role. Okay. Just just want to hear your take on that. I know they both uh, have some pretty hefty contracts as well as uh, some no-trade clause, but I think that if we could pull those two guys um, to get that third base coming back, as well as uh, Carlos Guillen at second, as well as picking up Zambrano, you know, to, 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 round, out that, uh, to, to round out the starters, um, I think that would be just total dynamite, as well as putting us over the AL Central hump for sure, as well as putting us over the, uh, um, you know, put us up right there with the Yankees and the Red Sox and maybe the Rangers and the, you know, the AL West, so it just... Well, well um, let, me, let me ask let me ask this real fast, Blake, because um, you know I've not heard uh, I've heard I've heard rumors of Zambrano. I've not heard Ramirez uh, mentioned okay. in that as well. Uh, my question to you: How much money have they mentioned? Any kind of monetary? Because I mean, you know it's going to be a lot, and that's my thing. How much are we going to have to give up to get this? You know, and that that would be that would be the problem. I think they're talking heavy prospects. You know, the Cubs are obviously out of the race right now, so we wouldn't be losing any any starters or any uh, bullpen guys. Yeah, right it would now. yeah be a lot of prospects and then and it, dollars. And it would be some heavy prospects. However, I don't think it'd be as huge, just because of the fact that we're giving up. Um, they're getting rid of those no trade clauses, and you know they're they're signed on uh, when they did sign for like six or seven years. Uh-huh. And, you know, so, yeah. So they were talk. So they were talking. You know, if if we could get them now. And get off the Cubs' hands, you know that because they owe them about twelve million bucks a year each, you know. So they're huge contracts. That is huge. See, yeah. I mean, I like Ramirez. I like the idea of him taking over third because I I don't trust Brandon Inch to honestly play every day anymore. Um, yeah. he, he's just batting way too terribly, and even his fielding has you know suffered a little bit. Zambrano, I, that's a question mark to me. Um, Zambrano, I've never really liked this guy's attitude too much. I've always thought he's really just he kind of divides clubhouses and gets gets into stuff with people, and I really don't like that part about him he's not a bad pitcher but um you know i'm gonna have to read some more into this but uh again i think it might just be a little bit too much money i think they need to focus on finding yeah finding a cheaper left-handed starter um i think that would be a lot better for this team and yeah if you could if you could lock in a decent third baseman for the right price 
they have to go after that. But Nebrowski even came out today saying, we're looking after a left-handed pitcher. We're looking after a starter. Uh, Furbush probably won't be the guy. But, um, again, Blake, I really appreciate the phone call this evening, and I hope you have a good one, okay? All right, thanks, man. Got to get back to work. Yeah, thank you. All right, later. Peace. Peace. All right, so back to the division picks. <laughs> um, yes, the uh, American League West. You have Texas, Los Angeles Angels, Seattle Mariners, and the Oklahoma Oakland Athletics. I was going to say the Oklahoma, Oklahoma Athletics. The Oklahoma Athletics. Great baseball team. Um, so, James, who do you have in the AL West? I have uh, Texas running away with that one. Uh, with their pitching, uh, their, I mean, they have great bats also, but their pitching is really what I think is just going to take off and, and uh, take them all the way there. Okay. Um, Megan? I agree. No one's going to touch Texas. Yeah. That's with, with what they're at right now. I'm looking at it in the standings. They are on a, on a 11 winning streak, 11 game 11 winning straight. streak, and that's just insane. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think anyone's going to touch them. No, I mean that is a uh, very good. I mean I have to go with Texas as well. Um, to me, it's just obviously between the Texas Rangers and the the Angels. Um, but Texas, they're hitting and they're pitching together. They're 31 and 18 at home. I mean they are dominant. At home, uh, plus 68 run differential. They know how to score the baseball. And uh, so I'm going to have to go with Texas in the AL West, too. Uh, looking at the National League, a league that's not as important as the American League, but a league we, <laughs> we'll talk about. <laughs> well, then. <laughs> uh, yes. No, uh, the NL East. Uh, you have uh, Philadelphia Phillies, Atlanta Braves, New York Mets, the Washington Nationals, and the Florida Marlins rounding out the NL East. James, who do you got? Well, my heart wants to go with Atlanta. I've always been a fan of Atlanta. They have some strong pitching. They also have some good bats. But it's really going to be hard to take over Philly. I mean, they just look so promising. Philly, I mean, best best record in the league. Um, do they even have a bad pitcher on their squad? Nope. <laughs> not one. Uh, not, with, not, not when you got Halliday, Lee, Oswalt, Hamels. Keep going. I don't know. Like, yeah. That's four. That's enough. Those are all all-stars, practically. Um, and they're, they're playing like it. Um, so you got the Phillies then? Yes. You're going to have to, yeah. All right, Megan? I agree. I go with Philadelphia. They also have my favorite player, um, Placido Polanco, on their team. And I, I absolutely do love, love him. Should we have ever gotten rid of him? No. Um, well, he wanted to go back to Philly. Is uh, the thing. Yeah, good for him. But <laughs> You know, I mean, he wanted to go back to the He had all those second home. baseman troubles, and I think he would have been phenomenal staying yeah. with us. And He's a, he's a great hitter, great, great yeah, defensive second baseman. That big head's got something in it, let me tell you. I know. <laughs> I think he's like the Frankenstein. I know. But yeah, I have Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Uh, I don't want to have to. We're all picking the same thing. We didn't even talk about this beforehand. It's just not as it's exciting. Just, I mean, okay, it's like either Boston or New York. Well, it's Boston, okay, you know. But I mean, even that one would have been kind of iffy. Talk to the right person, they probably would pick New York. That's true. Uh, I'm going to go with Philadelphia Phillies as well. Uh, 34 and 15 at home. And that, to me, is going to be the difference with the NL having home field advantage as well. I mean, geez, 34 and 15, the Phillies know how to win at home. Um, this is a vision that's completely up for grabs. The NL Central is probably, yeah, it's the closest race right now in the in Major League Baseball. The Milwaukee Brewers, Pittsburgh Pirates. Who would have said that? <laughs> Who would have said that? If you, Pittsburgh Pirates are a half game behind in the NL Central. 49 and 44, absolutely incredible. St. Louis Cardinals after that. Then you got the Reds, the Cubs, and the Astros who stink. So, um, I'm going to start, no, Megan, I'll start with you. Um, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Cincinnati. I mean, uh, St. Louis and Pittsburgh both only a half game behind. Cincinnati three and a half back, and the Cubs and the Astros don't have a prayer's chance of winning the division. Oh, man, of course you start. Like I wrote these all down. Of course, this one's the only one question mark. Got, who am I going to pick? Who are you going to pick? I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's a really it's really close. I Yeah, I... <laughs> We have him go first. I don't know. All right, James. I need a second. All right, this one's kind of a little far fetched to some. Maybe, maybe they would say. I would say the Reds. Okay. I have coming out before. I wanted to say with Milwaukee. They look strong, but I'm just not. I don't quite believe in them just yet. That they can hold on for the long haul. The Reds. I mean, they've been through the ups and downs, and they're only three games back. Uh huh. Um, not a bad pick. Um, you know, I I can't. I think the Reds are still a little too young, immature. I think we saw that last year. Um, I, I love Brandon Phillips. I mean, I think the Reds do have some good components. I personally am going to go with the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals. I think Pujols is. Uh, you know, he's going. He's getting right back on track. Um, they're a dangerous team, St. Louis. Um, 
They really can. They really know how to score. I think they played. They underachieved in the first half of this season. Um, Pittsburgh, as great as a run as they have made so far, forty nine and forty four, half game back. I do see them fading. I don't want them to fade, but I'm sorry, history precludes me to say that the Pittsburgh Pirates have not a shot at winning this division. Okay, I'm sorry. I would love to see it, but. It, I mean, McCutcheon can't do it all. And I, I just, you know, I would love to see this team win it, but I'm going to have to go Cardinals. Megan? Because of that, I'm going to have to go with Pittsburgh. Oh, no. I think they're going to be oh, no. the Alex Avila of the of the division. Pittsburgh Pirates, <laughs> Come division on winners. Now. I, love, I love underdogs. I love teams that can make a run like that and come back and be a half game behind the leader. And I think they're just, especially when they played us, they just showed us up. It was it was. Disgusting. I mean, at this point, that's not a bad pick, though. Really yeah, isn't. I know. It really no, it's isn't. not a bad pick. I just, I can't pick it. They've got the arms. I would, love, I would prefer I'm Pittsburgh. Them, so. I would prefer Pittsburgh to win than any other team in that division, hands down. Oh, me too. I just don't For think sure. they win. I think so. Okay, I'm proving you wrong. I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope I'm wrong because then you win, and then Pittsburgh goes to the playoffs. Woo. Great, win-win. Uh, let's see. Last division, NL West. San Francisco has a three and a half game lead on the Diamondbacks. Then you got the Rockies, the Dodgers, and the Padres. Rockies nine and a half back. Dodgers twelve and a half back, and the Padres fourteen games back. So, uh, James, who do you got? Fear the beard. I'm going with San Francisco for sure. All right. I mean, They've got the pitching. They've got the fielders. They've got the bats. I really think that they're going to give Philadelphia a run for their money overall. You, you, you know, think Buster Posey being out for the whole season is going to affect this team in any way? I think it does, yeah. I mean, I think you'd be a fool to think it doesn't. But but it's not going to hold them back enough. No, no. I think that they, uh, they're they strong enough. I mean, um, I don't know about necessarily repeat, but I definitely see them coming out of that division. Okay. Megan, what you got? I got San Fran, too. Um, Arizona, they've shown some good... Some good times, some good games and everything. I just don't see them catching up to San Fran, for sure. Gotcha. Um, even though San Fran can't score runs, they this team can't score. They have 350 runs scored, 351 runs scored, which is not a lot. Not It's not like a tiny amount, but it's not, not a lot, really. And uh, they just have such amazing pitching. I mean, Matt Cain, uh, Lince Cummings, he can go on and on. Um, they have a, a great lineup of pitchers uh, dominating us, and we, seen, we saw in that series – I'm just absolutely annihilating us. So I'm gonna have to go with that too. Real fast, wild cards for each uh, each one. You got the wild card spot for the AL. I'm personally gonna go Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Yankees. I think that no matter if they lose the division or not, they sneak into the wild card spot. Unless Tampa Bay really gets on some kind of run, um, I, I think the Yankees probably get the wild card there. Looking at the National League wild card spot, that's so up for grabs. Uh, I don't know. You're gonna go Braves? Maybe Braves. That's what I said. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And a wild card. I don't really care. I say Braves. Yeah, <laughs> I Braves. say Braves too. <laughs> but Braves I'm probably, go Tampa right? Bay on the other side, though. Tampa Bay. Okay. You go the TBZ. Well, um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to go Yankees. They're just they're the Yankees. They make the playoffs no matter what. They do, except they for this year. And they just, play they in the just do. Game. Yeah, and the Yankees do. I mean, the, the Yankees do got to worry about injury. Uh, you know, Alex Rodriguez is out right now, and uh, you know, Jeter is not 100 percent in my opinion still. So. Uh, and you know, with some of their pitchers, so we'll see if the Yankees can uh, hold on here, uh, make you know, get that wild card spot. We have so many games left. I mean, what's the, the record? Uh, Fifty and forty-five, so ninety-five. So you're talking sixty-seven games left um, in the season. So um, that is going to be a while. But uh, real fast, in uh, Red Wings news, uh, the Wings are set to announce Osgood's plans here. Um, they're going to have a noon conference call on Tuesday with General Manager Ken Holland and Chris Osgood. Um, that's basically all the details. They're going to figure out, is Ozzy coming back? Is he healthy enough to come back? Um, should he come back? Uh, real fast, I mean, we'll know this tomorrow, but James, do you think Osgood, um, is he, are we going to be saying goodbye to him tomorrow, or is it going to be like one more year, maybe a dual contract? You know, from uh, you know, for like the Griffins and the NHL. I what are you I, I would like to see the Griffins and the NHL dual contract. That would be awesome. But what I really feel is going to happen is retirement. Uh, I don't feel like he necessarily wants to retire, or uh, that I don't think that he uh, that I wouldn't want to have him back. But I just think that it's time. It's time that uh, we give someone else an opportunity. He's he's getting old. Getting old. Yeah, I mean, he's 38. Um, he's, yeah, he's not the youngest guy. That that groin injury last year, which I remember was played down so much. When they first talked about this groin injury, they're like, oh, he's going to be out four, four or five weeks. He'll be fine. He's out the rest of the season. Um, I think, the, you know, and a groin injury is so bad for a goalie. You know, they're moving laterally like that all the time. Um, 
38, you're getting up there. I know, obviously, Hashik, you know, he played till he was, what, 42? Oh, he was a freak, man. Yeah, he was, the guy was amazing. He just loved to go up in the butterfly and just, where's the puck? No, but no, Hashik was awesome. But um, I, I think I think Osgood's going to retire, too. I really do. I mean, I, I bet he really wants to play, but, I mean, he just hung out in Europe on some vacation. Is he really, really getting into the NHL right now? He wants to relax. <laughs> No, but he, he has had a great career. He's been a, um, I mean, a beloved uh, Red Wing in my heart. I mean, he's always done so much for this team. So uh, whether he stays or goes, Ozzy, wish you the best. Uh, great goalie. Uh, we're going to quickly move on to a little uh, Piston discussion just for a second. Uh, the Pistons have narrowed down their choices for head coach to Lawrence Frank and Mike Woodson. Those are the two front runners. There are no other runners. Uh, those are the only runners. So... Uh, <laughs> You have uh, yeah, Lawrence Frank, Mike Woodson. Uh, what do you think, James? Woodson's I mean, by far the better choice. Okay, why? Uh, I say that one um, Frank's. I mean, he's been an assistant, um, and when he was a coach, he was with the Nets. He didn't do a, a whole lot with them. Well, I mean, he did start off. What was it, thirteen and zero in his first season? And you know, I mean, he got them, you know, to the playoffs. Well, but... look at Woodson. He's been with the program. Yes. He knows the program. He knows what we expect of a coach and players. And look what he did with Atlanta. I mean, he turned Atlanta. I mean, we're talking about the Hawks. The Hawks are not supposed to do well. Not really. And when he took over, he really changed the way they are. And now they're doing much better as a program. Oh, no, definitely. I mean, I agree. I think Mike Woodson's a better coach. I just think that Lawrence Frank isn't, like, that easily dismissible. Like, I don't think he's some horrible other candidate not horrible. for the job. Just, you know just what not I mean? right. I think that he's a little too young for the job, I think, is my thing, is that he hasn't had enough coaching experience. And I just don't know if that's my problem always with Lawrence Frank. Can he command that type of respect that a guy like Mike Woodson could whether it's a guy, a veteran, or a rookie, I think Woodson gets the best out of his guys, no matter how old they are. Um, he, you know, really with a young team again in Atlanta, did a great job with guys like Josh Smith, Crawford. Really, you know, some boisterous personalities that he was able to, you know, control and really get some mental toughness and maturity into those players. So, I mean, I would personally rather see Mike Woodson. Um, he's the only guy that has been, you know, said that he had this, he had two interviews. We have no reports on whether Lawrence Frank actually did interview twice or not. But um, who knows? I guess it doesn't really matter if we hire someone right now. I mean, does it? Does that matter to you? Do we? If we have a coach in a lockout time, like, does that matter? Like, no, do, do, we, do they need to rush this at all, or can you just you know, take your time? Lee's not doing anything right now. Hey, you can't even do anything with the team as it is in yeah. a lockout. So I mean, just but they could always make a press release and say something like, "This is who we're going to go with," and then formally, you know, put them onto the team. You know, once this thing gets resolved, which might be a while. But um, I don't know. We'll see with that. I got to go Woodson. Um, I know you're the biggest NBA fan in the world Huge. out there, Megan. <laughs> um, uh, but, but no, enough about the NBA. Uh, what's going on in the world of NASCAR? All right. So Sunday, we had a race in Loudoun. It was the Lennox Industrial Tools 301. Um, our winner, Ryan Newman. We got Ryan a new one. Newman. I feel like there's a new winner every really week, is. except for like the Bushes. It's just so they kind of pop up every once I think in a while. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson wins half the time. And you know, actually, I have a story about him in just a sec. But I'm going to give Jimmy. you a quick little recap on this. So we had Ryan Newman in first, Tony Stewart second, Danny Hamlin third, Joey Logano fourth, and then Jimmy Johnson in fifth. Okay. And actually, I was in the news part of NASCAR, and I started reading this article. It's on front front homepage NASCAR. Jimmy Johnson is very upset with his pit crew. Why? He says he he loves them. He, he he has so much, you know, love for the guys. He's like, but they're they're calling pit times wrong. You know, they're making mistakes, at, and that's what the the so whole article was saying. They're just screwing up. Yeah, he should be happy with his fifth place fifth place finish in this race, but he's saying that he should have done better. Okay. And that's what, like, I mean, I mean, Jimmy Johnson, I've known so far. Not a lot of people like him as a racer. Um, you got to respect him. If he, you don't like him, he's won five straight Sprint Cup championships. Yeah. That's incredible. Right. And uh, but yeah, he was just talking about, and I guess they have an off week this week, so they are going to work on some things with that kind of stuff. So. That was just an inter- interesting thing to maybe think of pit crews and how they affect racers, oh, which no, they, is tremendous. Pit crews are, I mean, they're everything, mm-hmm. practically. I mean, you have your random things, there, but the pit crews are telling the driver what's going on. Mm-hmm. If there's a crash ahead, a cra- you know, mm-hmm. wherever. Um, you know what, you know, where did, the pit crews are the racer, practically. Right. And I, I don't want to say like that. I think that's the wrong way to say it. But without a good pit crew, you could be the best driver out there. And you're not going to stand much of a chance of winning. They don't tighten a bolt tight enough on your, your tire. You could blow a tire and go flying out and run into a wall. Your race could be over. Or just, you know, they decide to use, you know, a different kind of downforce. You know, the, mm-hmm. you know, the wings are, you know, bent just a little differently. It all changes things. Right. And with this race, actually, I just want to throw something out there just to go with that whole thing. There were actually 10 cautions throughout the entire race. So 
decent amount. Yeah, so there was a decent amount, and that's why I thought it was kind of interesting they came out with this article. It might not be just Jimmy Johnson in general. It could be, you know, the entire NASCAR. Yeah. No, good stuff, NASCAR world. I hope you're happy. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, real fast, um, I didn't really watch any of this. British Open took place um, Thursday through Sunday this weekend, uh, the last major of the year. And um, Darren Clark, uh, guy who's been around for a while, took down the purse. Uh, $1.4 million in prize money. Um, did real well, actually. Five out of the top seven uh, players were Americans this year with Phil Mickelson uh, tying for second. Uh, did a real good job, uh, Mickelson. Um, best career finish since the Open Championship. Um, had a horrible back nine collapse on Sunday, but still was good enough. So um, congratulations, Darren Clark. Darren Clark won it. Another Northern Irishman, um, you know, with McElroy and uh, these guys. It seems like Northern Ireland, since Tiger Woods has fallen off the golf world. They're hilly. Uh, yeah, no, well, the Northern <laughs> these Northern Irish players, they're they're kicking butt in the golf. They play golf in those lush green grass of Ireland. Very lush. <laughs> Um, real fast, I have a couple, uh, just a couple uh, fun facts here, just for you to break it up for a second. Uh, let's see, bees have five eyes. There are three small eyes on the top of a bee's head and two larger ones in front. No wonder they can see you everywhere. They can see you everywhere. Warren Harding was the first U.S. president who could drive a car. So there you go. Due to the shortages of lead and metals during World War II, toothpaste was packaged in plastic tubes, and it has been ever since. Uh, in China, there's a species of yam that is used to make a uh, color dye, and heroin is derived from the opium poppy. Uh, I'm not going to try and save the word because it's too tough, which means the poppy that brings sleep. Um, that is all of your fun, goofy facts. Uh, just a quick little five here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Uh, but we have the Asian Invasion coming up next here on the Sports Wrap, and I want to thank James you for uh, coming on the show again today. It's thank been a you. pleasure. Uh, Megan, always a pleasure as usual. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Uh, definitely tune in next week for a brand new show of the Spartan Sports Wrap from 7 to 8 p.m. For everyone out there, my name is Dave Frankie. I'm Megan. James. You guys have a great night out there. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89 FM.